Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is an honor and a schuss to be here with you guys another week. The number to call up when we are looking for questions and comments, now there's the availability to go ahead and call up. So the number is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. Please, I'd like you to call up and ask your questions. We like to get voice questions, verbal questions, and this way we can deal with topics. When the person comes, calls in, we can have a back-and-forth dialogue to create awareness and to get clarity in a subject or at least what the, the awareness we can get. So again, that number is 718-683-5858. Please do that right now, 718-683-5858. I would like to announce that Meretz Hashem this Wednesday, Be'ezus Hashem Yisvarach, at 8 o'clock in the evening in Congregation Anshe Svart, which is 45th Street and 14th Avenue, I have been invited to speak for a wonderful organization, and it's called the CF Society, and it's it started off for cystic or cystic fibrosis for those that have that pulmonary different diseases or issues that there are, and they've turned into an amazing organization where they have so many more than just that. This patient patient advocacy, they are helping patients get insurance. There is newsletters, there's entertainments, there's there's so much that they do, and they've asked me to speak, and this is for women only, for women, grandmothers, even for girls to come, and it's about how to balance now before Yantiv is coming up cooking, baking, housework, taking care of those that are working, those that have got kids starting schools, difficulties that are popping up, as well as any family member that is dealing or family that's dealing when there is a medical condition or a medical issue. So the goal is how to find peace, calm, in the turbulent times, which is supposed to be an amazing time, but unfortunately takes a lot of our time. So for those of you looking forward to seeing you there, message on Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock, and I hope to give a couple of live demonstrations, what it looks like, and some tools how to be able to keep calm. So, Merit Hashem, 8 o'clock, Anshay Svard. Um, the address is 4502 14th Avenue, so it's 45th Street, corner of 14th Avenue, for a wonderful organization, the CF Society. Again, looking forward to seeing you all there. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Five eight five eight. So let me share with you a little idea that we've got now coming up. We've got people calling in questions, different topics calling up. And there is a topic that it's about kids going back to school. And let's even take now a little of the subject that I'm going to be discussing at the CF Society. There are times when it gets more hectic. And I'd like to create the awareness that now before Yontif, there are a huge amount of emotional activity, if there is such a word, that comes up. And what do I mean by that? Since we're at Maminim B'nai Maminim, we understand that there is an issue that it comes Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and when we say by Nisan HaToykev, and the whole system on how it might happen, different ways that it might happen. So it triggers an emotional it triggers an emotional trigger for almost everyone. That means things are happening and we've got to dive in for the good year. It's petrified, it's scary. Now let's add on to this someone that has done Averis and now they're more worried. Now let's add on to that someone that hasn't learned as much as they felt they should. Let's add on someone that is now running a business and it's very stressful, they're in debt. 
or they're just about breaking even. Now let's add on that Baruch Hashem, they are married, but their wife wants time, or there are some issues in the house where needs their time, so the husband isn't there, or for the wife, where she's now juggling suppers, taking care of the kids. One kid's got a difficulty at school. What happens when all this happens at once, plus we want to have time for ourselves to dapper. We want to be able to have kavana. We want to start doing tshuva, and life just gets so hectic. Many people during this time is when we start getting more nervous, we start getting more angry, and we start letting it out on certain behaviors. Like, the kid didn't daven well enough. My wife didn't have the house neat. Things like that. And what's happening is we start focusing on the negative. We start focusing on the areas where we don't want to get to, and we're not addressing the real issue. And the real issue is that we're having stress, we're being overwhelmed, and if you don't deal with your overwhelmness, then we're going to start focusing and letting it out at our loved ones. And the focus is now to start staying clear. What's our goal? Where do we want to get to? Rav Nissen, what do you say to situations like this from your experience when there's a lot going on? There's always so much that we've got to do today. How much of the stress and tension that you see by people is really that they're not balancing it or they're not budgeting themselves well enough and it's triggering? You know, unfortunately, this, this I think that uh, all the tension that's around us, it's um, taking a toll on all of us, you know, and uh, people don't know how to balance it. And we don't know how to balance it unless you really learn the techniques of uh, meditation or Gane Muna or this, uh, you know, get a be- being connect ourselves to the, really to the Creator, to the Avinu Sheba Shomayim, and and see that everything is good and everything is just according to the master plan and but we you know we we are, we have so many pressure you know that small stuff that uh, people don't realize that it's taking the toll about you know let's uh, starting from the tuition the rent the mortgage the the electric bills the the, 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 the society around us and if we don't know how to to take it uh, we we're falling to a to bigger uh, Pity all in it. We don't, you know, just trying to starting screaming, give out, give out, and uh, that's why uh, Rabbi Mordechai is here and helping us to to release the pressure. <laughs> right. So I also want to announce again the number is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Looking forward to getting your questions and your comments. You know, uh, I, I want to ask you something. I know that uh, somebody texts us right now about kids' anger, you know. If yeah. you, I know that it's a parenting uh, issue and stuff like this, but how, how you control anger? That, uh, you know, I know that you have some programs and when you give us the tips and the numbers to call about anger management. Well, well first let's understand anger management, what it means. And it also a lot depends on the age of the kids. So let's start with simple things that we all know. Anger in kids, let's rephrase that, it's normal for kids to get angry. Why? Because children do not have yet an emotional regulation. That means if me and you are if we get upset at something, we know how to identify this is getting me upset. Is it a 1, a 2? Does it get me upset to an 8, 9, 10? In other words, we have different responses. So let's say when we're driving a car and we see a car going quick, so it enters our radar, and it enters our radar concern of a 1 or 2. If we see a car going very fast heading straight to us, the radar jumps to an 8, 9, 10, and we've got to do some evasive maneuvering. Either we're going to stop the car, either we'll pull over, just let the person pass. But as 
the tension happens or as a concern happens, our brain learns how to adjust to different sites, different instances, and give it an emotional number. This is a two, this is a three, this is an eight, this is a nine, and we react according to those. Children don't have yet this ability to do this. That means children, if you just take away their lolly, they'll screech. Children, you, they want a cookie and you don't give it to them, they'll screech. Children, you give the, they go to a doctor and they get a shot, which is supposed to be a bigger reaction than to a cookie. They'll cry the same way as when they want a cookie. Children and anger don't have yet, depending on the age, the older they get, they're supposed to learn more tolerance, more the ability of how to cry louder for something that has more pains, cry less, less time, and less, and less intense based on that level of emotion. So it depends on the age. Now here's where it gets complicated, where parents so really don't enjoy me. And that is, when people come to me for their children, we almost always, I use the word almost, and I'm also using the word always. That means 19 out of 20 parents are also coming for therapy while I work with their children for the simple reason, because part of it is teaching the child how to learn this emotional tolerance or what's a healthy emotional expression, how to express anger, how to express when they're displeased, but part of it is the parent's ability to have the skill to regulate these children as well. Meaning, we're not blaming the parents. That means, can I know if you're a family of 10 kids, every parent will tell you I have that one or two children that were really triggers to me. And as I always say, those are usually similar to your spouse's nature. It means the husband always puts the opposites together to get married, and that child that triggers you will usually be just like your wife or just like your husband, and that's your trigger. But... Even though that's the case, you still have to learn how to deal with that child when they do those, those steps. So that child, just because they're similar to your spouse's nature or sometimes they're the most similar to your nature and you haven't yet mastered yourself that well, those kids have a right to have safety and a family with a parent knows how to reassure them and calm them down. And so when kids have anger, we need to understand, is it age-appropriate? And if it is, then the parents relax. It's okay. If, if it, the parents have got some of those issues or one of the parents have it, we understand where the triggers can be, and that's important. So those are my little take about anger in kids. What are your thoughts? Do you agree? Do you want to, me to add on some more details? What would I, I, I would say that let's, let's, let's put a, like a scenario. The kid's coming and start fighting with, uh, with his brother, sister, and starting uh, knocking the doors. What, what are the parents supposed to do? So instead of what are they supposed to go, first let's go step one. How do the parents react when kids fight? What tools do they have when the kids fight? What do they do? Are they going to yell? Are they going to be quiet? Are they going to speak to that kid? What, what, first we have to know what tools they have in the toolbox. Many times you'll find two parents having two opposite systems. One says let go, let them fight it out. The other one says no, we have to be on top of them. So just, just taking that question as an example, me as a therapist, when someone comes in, before I'm giving them the solutions, I first need to understand the story. So then I go, let's say, they, let's say the spouses have two different systems, and I find out who's mostly around the kids. So it's mostly around the mother. And I go, okay, let's, let's work on your system. What do you do? When you tell the kids, do they listen half the time? Do they listen a quarter of the time? Do they never listen? If they never listen, then why do you do it? If they listen half the time, then we start working on the skills. The half the time that they listen, where are you? Are you around them? Are you calm? 
Are you doing other stuff? Have you trained this kid? Have you taught the kids how to listen to you? So let's go ahead and take this example on a simple level. So a kid comes home, the kids are fighting one with another. The first step that I would ask the parents is when you ask the kids to put away their clothing, the simple stuff, when you ask them to take off the table or serve on the table, will they listen to that? Because children interactions is a lot more complicated. There you've got to manage two people when they're triggered and when they're upset rather than managing the simple stuff. So when I teach the parenting workshop, we don't jump to the working with the siblings, with the kids fighting, or as I call it, the, the children getting along one with another, because you first got to manage some tools. But let's give the simple tools that everyone likes hearing the one answer. So the one answer is before the kids, after the kids fight, you speak to the kid that was hitting and said, what was going on? Why were you hitting? What did you feel? So you first have them tell you the whole story. After they express it, you ask them, is there more? Is there still more stuff that is going on? Once you have that, then you start working with the kids, so what can we do next time? So now after they got the emotions out, step two is coming up with a plan for the future. Step three, once they tell you, next time Chaim bothers me or he takes my thing, I will tell you. Then we do, okay, now we do step three is we actually do a role play with the kid. So then we'll have the kid practice with the mother, and then the mother will be Chaim, and then, then Chaim is going to hit him or take away his toy. Now how are you going to react? And those are the basic three steps. Now, what's also needed to do those steps for it to work out is you need the parents there. So you need the parents when you know are those hot times. It means you know just when they come home and they're hungry, you want to make sure that they got food. You want to make sure they might have their own little space, let this one play with their toys. It's important for the parents to be around at those certain crucial times. Once you get the evening set up, like when this kid comes home and he's hungry, now is not the time for you to be on the phone talking to your family. Now it's let's get the house stable. So when each kid comes home, they need 20 minutes. And I don't even want to use the word individual attention, but 20 minutes is just being around the kid. Here's your food. Just how was your day? And another kid could say, Mommy, how do you do this homework? And then you just help them out a second. And then you tell Chaim or, or Moishi, just wait a second. You do that bit of homework, and they go, oh, yeah, Moishi, so continue. So the Rebbe was saying this, so you learned that. The Rebbe said, wow, you know what you're talking about. You asked the question, you played sports, that was nice, um, whatever. One of the kids were saying that their father is feeling well, isn't feeling well. It's about just giving them a little time to stabilize, get the food ready. And for younger kids, let's say it was when they come home from school and it's not time yet for supper, it's very important, the simple behavioral stuff or simple physical stuff, like have a little snack, a little fruit. Food is one of the things that kids need a lot. And I mean a lot in small moderations, but they need that, and then it calms them down and puts them at ease. So those are one of the steps that the simple steps just to deal with when kids come home to prevent the fighting. Another point is to sometimes have stuff set up for them to do, like either arts or crafts. So now the kids play that. Now they're going to go out and they'll play soccer with a ball. They'll have a football catch. They'll have a baseball catch. Whatever it should be, give them tasks. The girls are going to help color now, the older kids will do this. It's just giving tasks when there's what to do, it changes the whole concept that there's now a focus. When kids are bored, that's when many times it brings out the worst in everyone. Again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. We're going to go to Mrs. S. You're on the Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. I wanted to thank you very much for your line. I really learned a lot. 
Um, I want to ask a question. Uh, there's a couple that I know that... Hello? Yes, yes, sure. Oh, okay. Um, there's a couple that I'm closely related to that uh, um, husband was diagnosed with OCPD. O- uh, yes. I guess obsessive- we'll clarify what that is in a moment, sure. Okay. It stands for Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder. Right. What do you know about it? And then I'll clarify some of it. Um, well, I, I guess this person um, suffers from OCD and anxiety, and um, he, uh, I guess, is a difficult person to get along with. Um, right, my, so, my question mm-hmm. is like this. His Hold on. Let's clarify. Is, OCPD, let's just give a little idea what that is. We okay. know OCD is when someone's got an obsessive, either a thought that they're thinking over and over or a compulsion that they have to do the behavior over and over, washing their hands 50 times, say Kriyashma many times, walk through the door several times. Those are OCDs, where it's usually one or two thoughts where they have it and they're stuck in that. OCPD is a general idea where the person is always has to be right, or not right that they have to be right, but they have to be correct all the time. So they might try to do every halacha correct. They might try to watch every law that there is in, in the Goyesha laws that they need to follow. So OCPD is where they have to be exact, but not in one or two areas. It's in many areas. It's got to be exact. That's the difference between OCD and OCPD. Okay. Um, now, his family is saying that uh, his wife is the cause of it, that she... Um, Impossible. I, I guess OCPD she... started before he was married, just between okay. me and you. Just okay. to be aware. I can't, you can't say always, right. but many times. Okay, that, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, so okay. let's understand. OCD and OCPD are things that that can always develop. And let's be clear, it can happen under from a huge amount of stress. But usually, whenever I do an intake, I always thought, so tell me, at seven, eight years old, you'll hear how nervous they were about tests and how exact they had to keep the pens on the desk and everything over there. And then when they're teenagers, you're going to hear maybe the signs of it as the teenage years. And then it's likely that once they got married and the stress and the responsibility kicked in, then it got a lot worse. But when you do an intake or when they say that, the first thing is speak to this person and ask for, like, an evaluation in the intake. When Did you ever have OCD or OCPD stuff when you were 13, 14, 15, 16? You'll hear how long it took them to daven. You'll hear how many times they made sure before they davened because there's a halacha that your body should be clean, that they had to use the bathroom, and they were concerned about that. Or if they said Lashon Hara, they asked people mechila, and they went over, like, a bit more extreme than average. So okay, so basically, it's very you're easy describing to blame. Basically, when, you're describing what, this person. Um, am I describing this person? His family is saying that he was always halig and she drove him over the brink. That's right. Now, that is possible, but not, I wouldn't say because she brought, drove him over the brink. I'm going to say something that's very controversial. In couples or in the societies where the couples get married younger, like where Hus and Kala are 18 years old, many of the diagnosis, the mental diagnosis, are, can, I shouldn't say many, we'll say a lot of them come out between the ages of 16 to 18 to 26. Means if you're getting married at 24, 25, it's more likely that the, that the diagnosis won't explode, won't come out anymore at that age. Many, many of the diagnoses. 
But if you're getting married at 18 and you've got all the signs of it, plus the stress means if they would have gotten married at 22, 23, then they would have to face it because that's when it's getting stronger. So many diagnoses are developing when the brain is developing from the teenage years. And then at 18, once the brain is starting to be fully developed, it's being developed in this difficult way for whatever reason, now they got to deal with it. So it's so much easier to blame the wife if you got married younger because you see that it's becoming debilitating, that they can't function at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. But that is really when the diagnosis forms. That's when it, right. gets, that's when it, that's when it really gets on a stronger level. So maybe the family and, and the will A, deny that they had a problem, B, admit there was some of the problem beforehand, C, say yes, there was a problem beforehand, but maybe the wife's got issues that she brought it out stronger, D, to say, no, we really know there's a problem with the family. We knew there was a problem with him, and we were hoping that marriage would be able to ease it, and now the marriage brought it out on a stronger level, but not to blame. And then, again, because I don't know the situations, many times if there's a problem boy in our society, we try to be them with a problem girl, and then maybe the two together are bringing it out. But, Rav Nissan, what do you say? Because I'm now speaking from my thoughts and my opinions or my experience. What do you say, Rav Nissan? Uh, again, uh, my experience also, what, uh, that, uh, very easy to blame other people and just not to look, uh, they're really what, what is the person. It's easy to say, oh, he did it, she did it, and the blame story about uh, what, but uh, to, in order to solve the problem, I would say that uh, you have to, to go to, a, I would say, therapist or something, this to start finding the, the, the really the issue doesn't matter who did it who created what what kind of issue but to find the, the really the solution try to to find it and both both of the sides has to go to a kind of guidance and to learn to live each other and to try to to work together how it's working that's right now i also want to clarify two things and the first step that i want to clarify is exactly what i've said and I thought of it, I made a mental note, but as Rav Nissen said it, I want to go back to that mental note that I made. And that is the word, his family is blaming her. Let's understand, what does the word blame mean? Let's, let's take that to a healing way. So Rav Nissen, let me work with you. What would you say is blame? Is blame saying, okay, there's a problem. My son's got OCPD, we're going to get him to therapy. But you also have some issues that are, that are exacerbating, that are making his problems worse. So you go for therapy. We'll pay for our son's therapy. Let your parents pay for your son's, for your, the wife's therapy. Let's assume that's the issue. Let's assume they're married for two years. Then that is one option. That doesn't sound so much like blame. Well, that sounds like more like let's try to deal with the issue. When someone says the word blame, then that means we're not at fault. You, the wife, is the problem. You made it. We don't want to hear the complaints. We don't want to be involved. And you have to pay for it and figure it out on your own. What would you say now? Explain to me what blame means when you said his parents are blaming her. Well, that's exactly what's happening. They're saying that um, he was very hostile and you ruined him and um, it's your fault. Right? <laughs> that's right. Now, let me ask you. Well, this marriage is Are you a parent? I'm sorry? Are you a healthy parent? Are you a parent? In this couple situation or Bahlam? No, 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 no. Are you a parent in general? Do yes, you I have am. kids, Kanai Nahar? Yes. Nissen, do you have kids? Yes. Excellent. I've got kids, Kanai Nahar. Rav Nissen, what type of a parent, I'm asking you as, and also the Mrs. S, 
what type of a parent hears that their son is married, their son developed an emotional disorder, and would say, you're married, you cause it, you deal with it, I'm not involved. Or a parent would say, hey, babe, we got to help out. Let's try to get it to help. And my son is married to this wonderful woman, and they should be married till 120. She might have some emotional issues. Let me call up her parents, and let's try to get them to help. Right? What do you think would be a response of a healthy parent that wants the best for their children? Arvnissa, what would you say is the reason? I, I said that uh, the, the, it's obvious, I think, that uh, just let, let help the couple stand up and working together with the two families or without the family, without the knowledge of the parent, the, the in-laws or that, but let's help, help the, the, the couple to realize what the problem and uh, working together. There's no question that the parents... To, to blame, it's very easy, but to take, it's, as we said, to take responsibility, it's tough, and people don't want to buy it. Everybody has it. You know, even in the first Adam, Adam and Chava, he blamed, uh, right. you know, he blamed that, why you give me this lady? Who you, you give me the lady? This is very, yeah. uh, very simple. That's right. So what I want to recognize and to clarify with everyone is step one. This concept of blame, when parents start doing the blame, it's right away major, major red flags that they are unhealthy. The guilt that they usually knew about it ahead of time, they avoided dealing with it earlier, and now they're stuck having to face it, and they don't want to. They continue to want to get out of it, so the easiest thing to do is blame and shift onto others. And that's unfortunately how diagnosis gets far worse and take triple the amount of time to heal, many times even years, because these kids come from such unhealthy and dysfunctional backgrounds that they are never given the support or the, or the education or the love that you can get better. Um, let, let me just go ahead and share with you a message that someone sent, and someone said, send her to Al-Anon. So I'll describe in short what's Al-Anon, and I'm going to try not to get into it too much. But Al-Anon is, there's something we know called the 12 steps, and it's AA for Alcoholics and OA for Overeater Anonymous. So A stands for Alcoholic Anonymous. OA is for Overeaters Anonymous. There is, there is GA for Gambling Anonymous. Now, what they discovered going back way, way back when is the 12 steps started, like I think, in the 1950s, was that family members were also stuck. Meaning, if the family members were in denial that the husband has a problem with, let's say, with alcohol, then it continued to be a problem. So let's take the classical example of OA, of Overeaters Anonymous. That let's say there's a spouse, let's say it's the husband, and the husband's got a problem with whenever he sees food, he can't stop. And then the family, and we're not talking about that he's just eating, or someone says, oh, I eat a lot. No, we're talking about that there's no balance. They might have diabetes, and they cannot hold themselves back from eating sweets. They might have other conditions, and they're acting like an addiction, that they are obese. They might be emotional eaters for whatever the reasons are. But if the family members just go, nah, it's not a problem, or they have a schwachkeit, it'll never change. means while the person that has the difficulty tries to change, they have ups and downs, part of what keeps the process there is the secret. Let's not talk about it. Let's not get help. And then we start blaming ourselves. So let's assume the husband's eating that much. The wife would blame herself. Why did I, bring, why did I buy my kids nash? My husband went through the, the briefcase and he ate it up. 
Or why did I do this? So if sometimes if Nebuchadnezzar is an alcoholic, why do we have wine for Shabbos? I should have just bought grape juice. So now the wife would blame herself for that. And what they discovered is that as long as the family members are still in denial and not admitting that the, that the spouse has a problem and starts recognizing that I'm afraid to confront them, I'm afraid to stop, I'm afraid whatever fears you have, why it's continuing, what happens is it doesn't stop. And then everyone is stuck because I'm at fault. So that is that what they've done is they've now created called the Al-Anons, which is for, the, for, for alcohol, it's called the Al-Anons. For gambling, it's called the Gaminons. For overeaters, it's the, actually, I don't know what that is called. So those are for the family members that learn how to face their part. And as a dance, once one of the people stops singing, stop doing the dance, and the whole dynamics has to change. So someone made the recommendation, which I wasn't going to respond until Rav Nissen asked me. I responded to Rav Nissen, but they said that this woman should go to Al-Anon. Um, I, was, I wrote that, but then when he asked what it is, I'm not so sure about that because, well, Al-Anon is a great place to start. It is nice. I think she needs a professional therapist. If the husband's diagnosed with OCPD, which is a pretty strong diagnosis because it affects the family members in the, those living with him on a pretty strong level. There's a lot of rules has to be a, a lot. The family has to restructure themselves for something like this. I believe she, the wife should be going to a professional therapist and someone that has experience in OCPD that can explain and help her throughout how she should not be falling into that trap. So I know several people have come to us and that. While the husband had issues, there was a tremendous change in the husband's OCD issues when they stopped giving in. Now, of course, unfortunately, in our societies, many times we say it happened after the wedding. I'm telling you from experience, almost always there was a large part, many components, before they got married. It's possible the parents didn't know, but very not probable. Most likely it's the other way around. The parents knew. The kids said it, and they were just minimizing, eh, it's nothing, eh, it's nothing, eh, it's nothing, or they weren't listening, or they knew it was very serious, and they still chose not to deal with it or not, not to do anything about it. So the reason why I'm not recommending Al-Anon is because I believe she needs, really, therapy. But I wasn't going to go down that mahalach, but if she's in therapy, then Al-Anon are added-on groups that we like sending people in our center to Al-Anons. They're free, they're run. And you just need to make sure the reason why I don't discuss it is because many of them are Goetia groups where you need to know the person that they're solid, stable, and they can handle everything that they hear there. They interact. There are men and women there. There's a lot there. That's why I usually do not discuss this publicly or tell people to go publicly about it. So, again, in our from world, we're very educated. We know a lot about a lot. But, again, when we speak on this public forum, I need to make sure that someone hears it just doesn't go and doesn't go on my achrayas when they're not aware of everything that can happen. So when we, if we send someone there, we make sure they're ashkafically stable, they're stable in many other places before we're doing that, and it also should be a right place. So there's, or from person, I'd recommend a little more um, about that. Arav Nissen, who's the next caller? Hello? Miss R, with the permission of the parents. Hey, Miss R, with the permission of the parents, you're on with Mordechai and her Yes, hi, is that me? Yes, that is you. Okay, hi. First of all, thank you so much for your line. Yeah. And then my question. 
My sister just started school. She went into eighth grade, and she was supposed to go into seventh. And they told her she has to skip a grade. They claimed she was brilliant, and she can't go back to seventh. So we spoke to a few principals, and they said there was no way she could go back to seventh grade. And she just came home from school. She said it was horrible. She really didn't like it. And she just wants to know, like, a way what she could do to enjoy her eighth grade, although she doesn't like it. Although she well, really doesn't want to be there. Let's try a simple system. The simple step is she just started a new place, a new system, and she's already judging that she doesn't like it. What we tell her is you're not going to like it for the next three, four weeks. Let's see after three, four weeks how you like it. Right, but so, there, is there any, like, way, like, any way of thinking, like, what she can do to make herself want to enjoy it? She really doesn't want to be there. Like, she misses her grade well, and her class. Well, let's understand what's happening. She was forced to do something she wasn't interested in. Right. So automatically you're starting with two feet, with, with, with two negative, two left feet. Exactly. And part of it is where the parents should be discussing with her and so should the school be discussing it with her, why they feel it's best for her and what's the purpose of skipping 7th grade and going to 8th grade. Okay, so they said that she was brilliant, she was too smart, and she can't stay with her grade. The they insisted she, she should go out. We want, we want her to understand it. It's not what it was saying. In Yiddish, I love this a word called der heron, this heron, listening in this der heron, really understanding. I love it because it goes so simple, like, mm-hmm. like it rhymes, like heron and der heron. So mm-hmm. I love that word. It's not about us telling her why. It's about her understanding it. You might sometimes need to paint the picture for her. Look at what it would be if you'll go to seventh grade. You're going to sit in class. You're not going to be interested. Yes, you might have your friends, but you're not going to be paying attention. You can stimulate your brain. Part of it is for you to do extra work. You're going to feel challenged. You're going to be smart. You'll have friends. It might be hard for you to make friends at first, but there the school will work with you. We'll give you maybe three or four girls who will invite you. Or, or you know, That's where schools set up behind the scenes to deal with the issue, where the parents deal with it ahead of time. Who are some of the girls in the class that we can have them invite her or speak there? So now since school started a couple of days, if the parents are listening to this or the school is listening to this, I would have the parents right away contact the school, the teacher, even tonight, and say, look, my daughter's having a tough time because she didn't, while she knows it's beneficial for her to change classes for the academic level, but socially is just as important as she's feeling alone. Can we have, can you speak to a girl or two and ask them to ask her to sit with them during lunchtime, during recess time, to play with her, to call her up? You can have a teacher set that up. That's very normal. That's the olive base to do that she will feel, oh, wow, I got some friends to walk into. She walks into class. And she feels alone. Let me clarify just how alone she feels. This Mm -hmm. world is a world that we work with size. That means we see people, let's say, when we see a dog, a dog is so scary because we see that we're afraid. A dog will be afraid of a dog that's bigger than that. And in the animal kingdom, something that is bigger and larger, we see a person that's taller than us, we're afraid they're bigger than us. Imagine a kid, which is in seventh grade, should be in seventh grade, now going to a class of everyone older than them. You know what it feels like? It feels so intimidating. Since, because, since I am, let's say, out of high school a couple of years, when I hear a ninth grader say, oh, do you know 11th grader spoke to me? I go, wow, that makes you feel so good. But for me, an 11th grader is still someone that isn't a complete, let's say, mature adult. 
but for the ninth grader that they feel they're an adult, the 11th grader. This seventh grader or this sixth grader that just jumped into eighth grade feels completely out of their environment, feels intimidated. And we need to, t- we need to take that into account and give her the reassurance. Does that make sense? Right, so you're saying there are two things. First of all, we can call in and speak to the principal, and we should try to encourage her that she'll make friends and everything. More than that, and speak to it'll be hard in the beginning. To have friends. You want to set up that the friends will speak to her tomorrow, or if not tomorrow, you have Shabbos and Sunday to set it up. I mean Shabbos, I don't mean Shabbos, Shabbos. I mean Shabbos, Mother Shabbos, where you can try to get through to the teacher and set up, speak to them and say, okay, which girls can we have? The teacher can speak to some of the friends on Sunday. Pull up there's a class list set that up. Mm-hmm. But I would really suggest that this girl's mother should be the one doing it. That's the parent's job. Right. It's a mother's job to place the call. And the teacher sees, oh, they're very it's important to them. They're interested. Mm-hmm. Mordechai. Yes. Let sir. me jump over this. You, you said that the last sentence, the mother job, and I, I got the feeling that here something maybe, maybe was, uh, it wasn't prepared, the girls, the poor girl that from the parent side. I think that if, first of all, it's, it's not a new school. It's a school that she grew up in the seventh years, and she knows also the eighth grades. She knows that the kids, it's not such a thing that she went, and she's a smart girl. She's very capable to do whatever, you know. I would say that the parents here somehow missed the opportunity to prepare the, ch- the child. Maybe even they fight about it, and they want to stay for, to, to leave her a down on, on the class. I would say that as, as a parents try to give the chizuk, try to give the, the courage. And as you said before, touch with the, talking with the teacher, talking with it to, to make it uh, easy, easy transformation. Anytime that we're going to a new step, to a new stage, it's scary. And it's only two days, I think. It's only when maybe one day of school, uh, right. and, and nobody give it give her a chance. And I think I think that this this question had to the, by the girl itself or by the mother. I don't see that the sister get involved with you, and with all the respect. That's right. So the two things that I tried saying that Rav Nissen I think said it a lot clearer. It's the second day. There is no way for this girl, Lefidera Hateva, to have had amazing first two days when she didn't want to go, when it's a great that she doesn't know the class, that she wasn't with them all those years, for her to say, I'm comfortable and I'm excited that I'm here. There is no chance of that happening. So the goal was for A, to understand for this girl, for two weeks you're not to expect anything, to set it up in advance. And as Rav Nissen said, the last part is it's the parent's job to do it. All right. Thank got you. It? Okay, so I get it. Thank you so, so, so very much, and You're good evening. You're very welcome. Thank sure, you. thanks for bringing up this wonderful question. We'll go to, uh, we have uh, from outside of uh, the, in the state, so we have two, a few callers from outside. So we'll go, I know that, uh, we'll go from England, first of all. So, okay, let's mi- go to mi- Mrs. S. Mrs. S, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, hello? Yes, hello. Hello, it's quiet, so I can't hear you much. Ah, okay. Hello? Yeah, it's really quiet. All right, well, uh, good. Go ahead. So ask your question, right, okay. let's see if okay. we, we hear you pretty clearly. Okay. Um, I took in a child five and a half years ago, um, a cousin who was Mr. African-Hestan, 
with a two and a half year old child. Um, I had my own large family, and um, one my one the child closest in age was nine months old. No, let me ask you: Can you call right back? It's a crackling line. I will just take a message or a missing sent to me. So just call right back, and we will take your caller. Okay. So I'm hang up. Right call, okay. Call right back from either yeah, a landline right or a different number. Thank you. Okay, we we okay. have uh, a, a Mr. S. Maybe we, maybe we just wait for her. I'm going to read one of the messages that you sent. Okay. I think it's a nice one. Someone sent us a message over here. I'm in a situation with an OCPD as well as a processing disorder husband. So the husband, so this person's husband has OCPD and a processing disorder. My past is rather colorful too. I am in extensive EMDR and semantic experiencing therapy, which is starting to have you feel the emotions in yourself. I also work the 12 steps for my addictions, whatever the wife's addictions is, we don't know. And it's a great challenge, but there's a lot of hope. Keep up your good work. Thank you. And again, I want to thank this person for sending us this message. It means just because your husband's got OCPD and the in-laws are blaming you, Baruch Hashem, the Rosh put you guys together and try to work it out. There's help out there. You might need to go to two, three different therapy modalities for you, and your husband might also need it. But that's no reason not to go ahead and not to get better and not to work on it. So that's, that's what's important. So that was, that was that message that a person has, and I appreciate it. So we're going to go back now to Mrs. S. from England. Yes. Hello. Yes. Ah, we hear you clearer now. Great. Better? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I took in a relative child five and a half years ago when he was a two and a half year old. His yes. mother was ill and she was Mr. So he came to do that. Um, at the time, it was, it was a hard adjustment for everyone. But um, it, we, you know, it's been five and a half years. And um, there was, I have one son who's nine months older than him. And I have a daughter who's exactly three years older than him. And uh, just now, after five and a half years, she let us know on Shabbos that it's really, really difficult for her that he lives by us. We were quite shocked. And she, she's been Can you share with me what are some of the difficulties that there is with him? If I could just understand a little more, if you'd like. You don't have to. But... Difficulties with the child that's taken in? Yeah. What are her difficulties? She couldn't, she couldn't even... First, what she are your difficulties? What Do what you find it difficult with him? Sorry? Do you find him difficult in the house? He's, a, he, he's not an easy child at all. Why? He's, Why um, not? So you're using the words he isn't an easy child. I don't have a visual to that. Can you? I'm, I'm a visual person, so I need to see it, understand it. Can you describe yeah, sure. what it means he's not easy? Does that mean he yells? Does that mean he fights? Does that mean he turns over the he table? He yells, he fights, he's, he's, he's uh, chutzpah, he's, um, he's very, he's had sensory issues, touches a lot. Okay, now let's just stop people. a second. Have you sent him to any therapy, any child therapist? He, he was going to a psychologist uh, when he was young, when he was about three years old. That was when we were trying to train him, and it was being so difficult. But therapy, therapy in London is very hard to come by. Okay, I've, I've said a you lot. You don't have a choice of therapists, very few therapists. Okay, but there still is a lot out there. Uh, let, let's Sorry? start with let, let's start with some of the stuff that are out there for what he might need. First of all, I, I don't even know like where to start. There's so much I need to guide you. It'll be very hard to to do this. All right, let, let's okay, so let's go back. Now your question is: since this kid has got issues, it's now disturbing your daughter. 
even if she doesn't get on with um, another one of her brothers as well, I, I don't look at it as because he... I never thought of it as because he has come into our family that is the issue, because she has an older brother a few years older than her that she doesn't get on with either. You know, they're always chattering each other. I just thought of it as they don't go on the characters' clash, but she suddenly... Why? Because he's a child who's come into our family... She probably thinks in her mind there's an option of him going out of the family. There is no option of him leaving the family That's because right. he has nowhere to go. Right. He doesn't have a home to go to. So in her mind, maybe there is this option that he could really, he's not our bi- biological child, he could really leave. But that's not going to happen. So how do, I, how do I calm it? What's the best way to go about calming her down? Um, what, 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 All right, so let's, let's first start with step one. Step one is you are a tzaddikist, you and your husband. You need to recognize that. I know right now you're in a stressful situation. You cannot see it. But when, it, when the Gemara says, Kol nefesh achas you have to realize we're talking about you and your husband. Yeah. On the other hand, there's also such a big bias. You know, when you're disciplining a child, that's your son. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, quite so a big I just want to first have to put things in context. You are taking from the hardest of mitzvahs, means you are saving an entire life and you're daily dealing with the difficulties. Now, when I asked you about mm-hmm. therapists, I, I first would like to defend therapists, even in England, which is start the process. There's a lot of alternative therapy in England. Do that as well. If you don't have the licensed therapist, which you do have, they might not be people like saying it's not like this, it's not like that. It doesn't matter. First, start the process. It means this kid needs a lot of the child play therapy. Sand tray, which I don't know if it's there, but playing where they do toys with objects therapy, this child therapy where they get to express themselves. There could be a lot that this kid might not feel that he belongs. Maybe he's teased. You're not over there. He could have sensory issues. We don't know what he was neglected maybe the first two years, two and a half years that he was born. Because unfortunately there are many times stories... He was stories... taken, literally torn out of his mother's arms at the age of a year when she was suddenly diagnosed with a nursing baby. So That's he, right. And he might a, not have a, not had, till you got him, he might not have had the physical touch or the emotional nurturing that he needs. And I'm not even asking you where the father is. We're not going into the details, but generally a father would take a child. So what is going mm-hmm. on there that who knows what this kid had at that stage is when all that is going on. So he might need general therapy. He might need a sensory therapist where he'll learn, to, and again, when I say sensory therapists, I need to say very clearly, therapists do not touch you. They're physically not allowed to touch you unless you're an occupational therapist or a physical therapist, and then it's only appropriate touch. But there are therapists that need to be licensed for that. Please be careful when you send to anyone. I always need to say this. But he might need therapists that are licensed and trained for the appropriate senses that this kid might need. Now, why I'm saying that is... OT. Yes. And how is that He's working with him? For, um, it's not been working out brilliant because um, we had to make a break and I'm going, we're going to have to restart it. We okay, to OT, but also emotional up. stuff. You want to find out for child therapy. There are play therapy modalities that work excellent. For children to talk, to express through the objects, there's a lot of therapy that's needed out there. So OT and, the, and emotional therapy. Let's now go to the next level to your daughter. As an adult, I want you to understand that you were given the nurture that you needed from your parents. So let me give an example. When someone is full, 
or when someone was given, when they know they come home, there is lunch and supper for the children, they don't have to grab food. They don't have to stash their, their stuff, their pockets with food. However, when kids are raised in homes where it's not a stable environment, they don't know where the next food is going to come. The fridge is always empty. And finally, there's food they've got to gobble and eat. Even when these kids are around food, they are always eating. They're always grabbing. They're always eating more than it is because the body does not know when it's going to happen, when it's going to have it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many from many dietitians that that's how our body also works. When, you know, when people do these diets, they lose 30, 40 pounds. But the minute they start eating, the body will gain it right back and more because the body is actually starved. You're not giving it a healthy, balanced meal. So the goal of losing weight is instead of losing it, oh, I got a bar mitzvah, I got a wedding, I want to lose it in three months, you're damaging the body. The brain is saying, I'm being starved. The minute there's food, I'm going to start storing it as fat. This way, fat is a way of storing that when we don't have food, how to use it and how to do it. So let's take this muscle, and if you eat stable times more often, less food, the body can digest it and the body feels safe. So consistency to the body is important. Now let's go to your daughter. Your daughter might need a certain amount of love and private attention that when this child came in, your daughter was just at the age where she was feeling and she needed more the awareness of touch or not touch, of caring of that, and all of a sudden, it's not there because this two-and-a-half-year-old kid came in and stole my attention. Now, we have this in healthy families where the four- or five-year-old, there comes a new baby that they feel jealous and they feel threatened. And when their daughter, if your daughter is starving from that starvation, even though it's years later, her solution is this kid doesn't have to be in the family. Or now she can also have issues with her older brother or with other boys saying, you see, I'm so needy, Mommy, why aren't you giving me the attention? And they will blame for 30, 40 years, they'll all blame it on this kid instead of being able to give your daughter, let's say, sending her also, I would recommend, let's say, to a therapist, I'd even recommend a simple thing. I'm going to be how I start being creative. In England, you do have High Lifeline. They do have therapists there. When people go through loss or adjustments, some of those therapists might be able to help your daughter because the family is now adjusted. You need a certain amount of attention, but your mother's got to give it to those boys. Family people. What? Isn't High Lifeline for ill people? Yes, but High Lifeline also helps those with ill people and also the family members of while there's illness, sometimes the children in the family get upset, get depressed. It's sad to say, but it's a real emotion that we help it heal. But I've heard sometimes children, the healthy children in the family say, I wish I had the machlo, because then mommy and tati would give me so much attention. They're always with this brother and sister. They're always with them Shabbosim. They're always having gifts. They're getting stuff, and we have to sleep in other places for Shabbos when the parents are in the hospital. That's why I'm saying I'm being creative now. They might know a therapist that has experience dealing with the family has to adjust just to help your daughter adjust to the understanding in her mind that our family dynamics has changed many years ago, and I need to learn to adjust. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Arav Nissan, what yeah. do you say? Yeah, I, I, you make it so clear, so I don't have nothing to add about it. I think it's uh, very, very clear. Right. Okay, so what I want to explain to you is when you're saying that your daughter has issues, let's say, with this boy and with an older brother, I want to first clarify she might only have issues with the older brother. 
because she still feels neglected for so many years from when you brought that boy in. Now, the secret is not, like you're saying, make her understand the kid's estate. The point is to listen to what is her real complaint, what's her real need. Her need is she doesn't feel the understanding. And that's the goal, to give her that understanding, to give her you're important, we want you. You're just as important, and you're not. This kid, no child in the family is more important than anyone. We're all part of the whole. And the reason why I'm giving you so much time is because you've done a huge mitzvah. Taking in children into your house is an adjustment. It's a huge mitzvah, and it's a hard mitzvah. But the rewards, you're saving generations. Think of the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren that will come from this child because you took them in. I have a question. Is, is a local rabbi is involved with this? Because it's also a matter of uh, the, the, the local rabbis, isn't it? Sorry, what did you say? I didn't hear that. Well. Is the rabbis in the community is involved? Let's see in the best yeah. where you dive. It's quite, it's very complicated because the other siblings are okay. with the Put one other idea out there that might help tremendous, that works mm -hmm. a lot when we do the play therapy with children. Yeah. We want to have the parents' private time. What would happen if it's possible for you either to send this kid or just away for a Shabbos, not that he should feel he's being sent away, but he's getting special to go to Bobby and Zaidi's house, and you can just give the family that feeling, or you just spend time with this girl, and it doesn't have to be on a Shabbos. Just one night away, you will go with her somewhere. Well, she I might tell just you, he, he does sometimes, what? he very often will go. The thing is that we live in a two-family home. The, the father is downstairs with the rest of the children, which is another problem, another huge problem. Um, he does go downstairs to join them for Shabbos Peter sometimes. And, um, yeah, yeah, the other children can get much more attention because he, he's, 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 he's very much a leader. He's very much... You very much to, you, so now you need to do more. Me, I'm going to ask you to have a Shabbos away or time with this girl alone a night. Imagine you could just take her out for supper. It doesn't have to be fancy restaurants. can just be pizza. So I know you in England, by you when you go for pizza, it's actually an expensive yeah. restaurant. But here in America, pizza is like... No, no, no. There, is, there, there are some cheap places. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the goal. If you can just give your daughter even once a week for one hour, I know it's hard. And I know it's just after the holidays, and I know it's now coming up Yom Tavim time. But you will see a shift it's not in your daughter. It's, not hard. You tell it's her absolutely you... impossible. Really? It's impossible, impossible. for you to take off not one possible. hour? I work any... long hours. It's impossible. Okay. So here is where I'd like you to, if I would be a therapist, I want you to be aware that I'd be very tough on you and tell you you've got to start changing the words from impossible to it's very hard. If you're going to be stuck with your impossible beliefs, then things aren't going to change. So there's a saying, the same brain that created the problem cannot come up with a solution. If you're stuck, why this is impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible, six, six solutions are impossible, there will never be a solution. We need to shift our mind but actually, to... actually, come yeah. to think of it, she gets Sunday alone. She does get Sunday alone because the rest of the boys, she's the only one home on a Sunday. Now stop. Now ask her... So there's an hour of me and you. Can I go somewhere with you? Not that we're in the there's house and you're together. on the phone and you're cooking and cleaning. You and her, private. She knows this is her one hour. Say this is your half hour. She gets, she gets Sunday. She does get Sunday. She gets a, a bunch of time on Sunday, not just an hour. She does get plenty so of time. So notice I'm saying something. Else. You're repeating she's getting it, and I feel I wasn't understood with what I meant. So let me clarify. Just because there are four hours and you're around her, 
doesn't mean it's her time. Her time, when it's private, means time means this is put aside for you. You want to walk with me outside, I will do that. You want to go to a store, I will do that. doesn't mean we'll buy anything. This is my time with you, however you want to spend it. Do you see the difference of when there's a whole Sunday and we're together to when this is your time? Do you see the difference between the two? Right. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the difference? Yes, one, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's in charge and taking charge of what we're going to be doing, and one is that she's getting to choose what we're going to be doing. That's right, and it's her she's time. She's choosing how to spend time with money. On. That's right. All right, I'll tell you what. If you would like, let's call back next week, and we could continue this. We've got like three, four minutes to go, and I want yeah. to take a Mr. S. from Eretz Yisrael. So we've got yeah, an international yeah, sure. callers calling up. Thank you up. so much. Thank you so much. You're very oh, welcome. Thank I want again. I need. To, I feel I need to finish again with the shvach. You've taken mm-hmm. in a child. You are saving his entire life. Recognize that. I know it's overwhelming, but it needs to be recognized. And you want to be able to balance it that your children should be successful and happy as well. Let's go to Mr. S. From Mar- oh. Hello. Yes, Shalom Aleichem, Mordechai. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for your line and all the programs on the line. I keep on listening constantly. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. and it made a tremendous, tremendous impact on my life, awareness, and more. Uh, I told someone that Mordechai has a special Hegel in Ganeiden. Until then, I want to wish you that you have all the best in your public doings and in your private. And uh, okay. now we want to go to my question. Hold on, and I also, David, I know if it's appropriate, the Rishlam shouldn't give me that Olam Haba so quick. Let's stay down yeah. here a little. <laughs> sure, after 120, definitely. <laughs> amen, 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 that's it. Together yeah. with my Rebetzin and the whole family and the Geula Shalema should be here quick. Amen. 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 Um, I live in one of the suburbs of Yerushalayim. Yeah. And I once uh, invited uh, Yeshiva Bocher from Yeshalayim, company for Shabbos. Yeah. He's a very smart Bocher. He has so much ideas in Torah and in everything. Everything in yeah. the world. You can ask him and he knows. He knows very much. Beautiful. And uh, one of the times he, like, he, he, that he went to therapy. Yeah. And uh, he came in, well, one of the sessions he came into the therapist and he told, he told for the therapist, I found out what my problem is. I have indigo. Uh-huh. So my question Vertical is, is there, is there such a diagnosis? And I'm sorry, for, and the therapist told him, ah, if you have indigo, there's nothing to do about it. Just bye-bye. My question is, is there such a diagnosis? And if there is, is it true that there's no help for it? Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm actually not sure what it is, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it doesn't mean there's anything there. I've recently told someone I care of a certain diagnosis, and it was a shtickle chayzik mm-hmm. because it's a pretty common one. I just knew it under a different name. So let me tell mm-hmm. you what I think it might be, and that mm-hmm. is there's an inner ear. Is the, could you tell me what I was referring to so before I speak, and I might be correct or not, let, let's hear what... Mm-hmm. The issue. I don't really remember that about it was uh, like half a year ago. <laughs> what? I don't really remember what it was because what he explained because it was like more than half a year ago. 
All right. Does it have to do with balance? Did you hear it about regarding balance and sometimes they get dizzy and things like that? I don't think so. Okay. Then I'm not sure what it is. I'll be mm -hmm. honest with you. I don't know what it is. But one thing I will tell you, it's very hard for me to hear of that there is no therapy, there's no way to help. I've heard certain diagnoses that you need medication, you need this, you need five different modalities together. That I have heard, but, like, not able to help is, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, is a little hard. Could you tell me what you think the issue was? I really don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. It's yeah. too much time back. Okay. No problem. So, um, Let's sorry, jump over there. I know that... Um, Mordechai. First of all, yeah. I know that many times, you know, we, we've, I know that I found it in the university, so everybody start learning, start reading a book and said, oh, I am, I am belong to this group. I, I have this disease. I have this, you know, something that uh, people put the ad uh, on their ad, uh, like self-diagnostic stuff. And I, I don't, I don't see it seriously. I think that, uh, yeah. The, the the boy is probably smart and uh, come over. It's no such a thing. Not not possible, or you cannot do nothing about it. This is this is against our Torah. It's against our yadut. Uh, Yeshiva boy not supposed to think about it. Not even a pips of of his brain has to be uh, just say it's no such a thing. And Yehush Bolam, we don't have any anything. Everything it's possible to change, and the difficult. This is our trial. I don't see that. You have to give him this chizuk about it. Let uh, me just mm -hmm. share with you, if we're going to go into the creative side, let's try a little bit um, indigo, just to give you an awareness. So we're going to, I could mm -hmm. be going completely out of the entire um, spectrum, and let's go ahead and just go there. Indigo, for those of you that know, this is now completely in the alternative in the alternative therapy world, that means there's mm -hmm. no medical basis. I need to say it, although I'm a big believer in a lot of them, but I think they always have to be done with a balance, with a little seichel hayashar. So there are different colors, just so you should understand. Like there is actually on the DVD players, there's DVD players, there's something called Blu-ray player. I don't know for those of you that know what it is, but there's the Blu-ray video player. They have games on that which uses a different frequency. So we know for a fact colors have a frequency, and it goes based on the colors of the rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green. It's Roy G. Biv. Red, orange, yellow, green. Blue, violet, indigo. The higher the vibration, the higher the color, the more you could put on the disc. So a Blu-ray DVD or a Blu-ray video will have more information, will be a clearer reception than a regular DVD player. So just so you understand, this isn't like, listen, this is real. You're able to have mm -hmm. the laser that reads it is, a, is an indigo, is, is a blue ray, and the whole system is along that. In color therapy, and again, I'm not going into if this is the right therapy or not, they attach natures to colors. The indigo color, now again, that's why I'm reaching out saying I'm not sure where it is. It could be that they're referring to a concept where kids sometimes, let's say, they can faint or they lose their balance, but in the alternative world, the indigo is the highest level of the rainbow, that purplish color, and these people are like the creative ones that are dreamers. They don't like following rules, and many times 
those in the indigo, those that do alternative therapies are going, oh, they're going to medicate you and call you ADHD or call you oppositional defiant that they're fighting because you're so free. It, could it be in those terms that that's what, the, that that's what he sounded like? Yeah. Mordechai, okay. I want to tell you, you're amazing. You got it. Okay. <laughs> you brought so it up for so me. Now let me, sir, I'm this, this, let, let me give a little bit more understanding. Indigo by nature, we're not going into now if we should call it the indigo because people like calling it. You just see different kaychas that the Rebbein Shalom puts into people, different natures. There is a nature which I'm actually in the middle of writing a book now. We've just about finished now the four natures. I did it based on the Torah of Eish, Mayim, Ruach, and Ofer. And there are a lot of makairas to the natures in them. What the Goyim might call indigo, and I don't know, I haven't found makairas that the rainbow, the colors should... There isn't that, but I'm not putting it in the book, but the colors have certain natures, and we know that the sperm that bring down in the shvatim, that's where it brought down, that the stone that each shavit is keneged, so it's brought down, that shavit levi, and the color of that stone is balanced. For the, it is, the, the sperm, they have the makayers for this, but you have to know how Yiddish it is, because the way this person did it doesn't sound that Yiddish, which means, Indigo is the highest level of vibration, the ruach, the nature that dreams, that doesn't like to be grounded, and the opposite, their koyach is to learn to be grounded. Not that there's no hope for that or no help for that, but care. That's where therapy comes in. You work on it. That's where you take out the safer and you show them their nature for those that try doing that, and you ground them saying, you've got to be grounded. You've got to limit yourself to zman. So these are the people that you know love starting 2 o'clock a.m., 2 in the morning is when they start waking up. Now we're going to learn. And it's beautiful mm-hmm. those that have that nature. But to be successful, you've got to be learned to ground it. And that's in the book that I'm writing. We're having the Makairis and the Sparm, which is teaching us that Rabbi Shalom gave us a Kayach and nature. And we've got to use our nature with the opposite nature to ground us. So for someone to mm-hmm. say it's impossible to get help, is, as Rav Nissen said, is anti-tyro and definitely not the way to go, and sometimes medication is needed, many times therapy is needed, but we don't get, you don't get an excuse, this is my nature, this is who I am, we are here to work. Mm-hmm. And if this person is going in the Gozach and I'll tell him first speak to a Rav, let's make sure this person is connected and knows what's really going on and what's the right way. When you mentioned therapy, uh, which therapy um, did you refer to? So many different therapy modalities that can help. I would say, first of all, the best diagnostic, you know, just it's, it's really the case. And, uh, you know, with one meeting with a therapist, I don't think that it can be, a, you know, and I, I would say that uh, a, a good a good schmooze with a good rabbi, with a good, uh, you know, mashgiach, and especially if it's in yeshiva, can just pull him in a truck. Maybe you can find him uh, the right uh, path to move further and higher and higher because, this, you know, this... this uh, People, according to what Mordechai said, has the ability to learn, but in their own term and their own uh, way, and give them the opportunity to express themselves, to build themselves, 
this this is something that's very important i I always remember that uh something about the staple of the kadosh you know somebody had a problem with a big big hashubas rabbi that it was always said it was always said and uh, depressed and uh, and this asked the staple what to do so the the staple said is let him write a book ah mm-hmm. and in a minute they wrote the book give him the chip is he was full of full of life you know just oh, suddenly he felt hashub suddenly he felt that he, he, he worth something you know always he just so this is the way of of the, our gdoli of of the hachamim israel of the our hachamim that knows how to do to, to touch the nefesh and baruch hashem we're more than doing it very well to touch real the nefesh of the the, the person and to bring him to to realize what what he need you know Or to direct right. so, him Rav, to this one actually sent me over here I'm not sure did someone send this to you or is this what you found about the that's I found that I found it well, thank you for sending it to me so again this is based on systems out there uh, glacier systems I'm not going into if it's right or wrong or that we're not going into that just those words that that's your nature and you can't change it isn't true that's why they're eventually put us on this world and Don't, please, let's not limit ourselves. We might be able to recognize this is a strength that we have, but we've got to balance it. Mm-hmm. Does that sit with you? Does that sit better with you? Yeah, yeah, I got the answer. Uh, once again, I want to thank you. I'm full of gratitude to all your programs, and I wish you all the best. In Rahmanis and Rahmanis. You too, and you must be an amazing person to have this question, to realize it, and to want to get information And I guess I appreciate you bringing up the concept, because I'm not saying it's right or not right. All I'm saying is the way people use information or alternative therapy, it's about your mm-hmm. stuck. And one of the steps that I focus on on this program, or Nissan focuses on his program, in fact, the title of his program is called If I Can, You Can. We try to make everything normal, try to make if it's a problem, it's doable, there is work, there's hope, there's Siata Deshmaya out there. I don't enjoy mm-hmm. when people say, we label, we diagnose, you're this and this and this, it's hard, you'll never change. Who knows? Every person, you can have 10 people with the same diagnosis, and one can go easier, one can go harder because of a thousand different reasons. Genetics can make mm-hmm. it easier, a family environment made it easier, health, exercise, family, friends that they have now, Rebbeim, Mechanchem, Askanim, there are so many different reasons why everything can work out well. So as Rav Nissen said, mm-hmm. years and let's daven for Siata Deshmaya, for the Geula Shalema, and that should really help us. That should help us. Amen. Amen. So thank, thank you very much again. You're welcome. Excellent. Yes, sure. M- thank you. Uh, Modecha, you want to get uh, another caller or just want to get a uh, text? We, I know that they have a lady that's waiting from the almost, you know, because we are a priority of the outside of the state. Okay, so let's do a quick call with okay. the, yeah. I think that, uh, okay, I think we'll, okay. Mrs. B. Mrs. B, hi, I got a minute to go, please. So let's, we just want to acknowledge you waiting this long. What is your question? Okay. Um, My mother has issues, you know, like I come from like a shaky background. Yes. No By self-esteem. Way, so does the whole world. So I just want you to be at ease with that. Just your sharing. Yeah, your no self-esteem, you know, like yeah. um, verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. But Let now that I'm married. I feel I want to give you, I feel. I, how should I, I act of, to her? 
Good. Let's try something else. Can you do Let's put it this way. I feel your question is fully loaded. All right? I want to give you 10 to 15 minutes of your time because so many people will benefit. Okay? Can you call up next program, Hashem, next Monday? Call up on next Monday at 8 o'clock sharp, 7.58. Okay? You'll be the first one, and we're going to put you on. Okay? I want to give you time. Okay? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. So, Mary Tashem, next Monday, 7.55, call up, and we will give you the time. Okay. All right? I want to give you a good 10 minutes to this, and I want to work it out with Rav Nissen together. I don't want to feel pressured or five minutes. Ten, I want you to have the time. It's an important question that people have all the time, and we want to be able to create a Kiddush Hashem. Oh, people have this question all the time? All the time. And I thought I was the only one. No, that's the beauty of you raising the question and discussing it more in a public forum that we can help you. This is a very common issue. I want to help you work through the ideas and why it won't work. I know. Yeah, I don't want to bring this to my, I don't want, I don't want to make these mistakes on my kids. That's right. So let's call up Meretz next week, 8 o'clock, 8, call 758 at this number, 718-683-5858, and we will take you first, Meretz Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I, I just wanted to, to I, I just said about my, my son, 17 years in the school, and he's bothered, he's bothered with the, the teacher that embarrasses other kids. Lose, the other kids also losing respect. Please respond. Just very, very uh, quickly. Uh, I have my own things, but uh, Mordechai can talk about two minutes, one minute. Yeah, so there's a 17-year-old boy. Let's, let me also read that message over there. So the message was... I'll send you it right now. No, no, you sent it to me. I know, I'm just looking for it now. Because right here. My son, 17, is in yeshiva, bothered when his rabbi embarrasses other boys, losing respect. I didn't want to say yeshiva, and he said rabbi, this is... I'm sorry. Okay, it's okay. Yes, okay. So let's understand, number one, that we want to be able to teach our children that there are different natures. Now, I'm not here to go say if the rabbi should be embarrassing other kids or not. But many times the Rebbe is not embarrassing other kids, and we might feel it more. It means this kid might be a more sensitive kid. Since I like focusing on the person themselves, I'd like us to start telling the kid, everyone has got a strength, everyone's got a weakness. How can we start working on your weakness that if that person has a weakness, it won't affect you? That's how we deal with it. it means let's say I've got a kid coming in and have a problem with a Rebbe. We're not going to change the Rebbe right now. A. B. Maybe the Rebbe is right and you're too sensitive. So what we do is instead of anyone being attacked or hurt, we try to let's assume the Rebbe is the problem. But how are you going to learn the rest of your life to manage with people that might embarrass others? So you will learn how to protect yourself. Many times when we're worried about that, Rebbe, that someone embarrasses another kid, is we're really afraid they'll do it to us, and we don't have the tools how to deal with it. Sometimes we're worried about that. While we're seeing it happen, this happened to us a couple of years ago, and no one protected us, so now we're feeling re-traumatized. What I find in therapy is when we help the person, the 17-year-old, learn what's your issue and how you're going to grow, how you're going to deal with it, we find safety. All right? Yes. And I would say that uh, many times, yeah. you know, it could be that happened the teacher, you know, sometimes not so right. I would say that teach your kids... To be melamed schut, this is all about be Jewish melamed schut on that, and maybe, maybe even go to the rabbi or to the teacher 
and discuss it. You know, maybe my dear teacher, it was tough on this kid. It was tough on the, uh, and you know, on this girl or whatever. And, you know, just try to, try to go to the teacher and try to uh, clean the issue about it. And especially right now at the beginning of the year, you don't want to carry this heavy load all the year long, you know. And That's as a parent, right, exactly. Excellent. Uh, all right. So, Hatzlacha, everyone. Thank you, Rav Nissen, for the extra time, for all your information. Thank you all for calling in, everyone. And looking forward to having an amazing week. We'll see you at the Shemaya Hatzlacha. And be well. Thank you very much. And have a good night. Rachel, it's crazy. Good evening. Thank you.